Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale loan to the public, go to RMFP.com. Don't pay retail. Pay wholesale. Rocky Mountain Forest Products. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Rocky Mountain Eurosport in Denver and in Parker. You are not working with some big dealership that is selling volume. You are getting an intimate buying experience because you know what? Everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Now, if you don't want a luxury car, no problem. They have domestic rides. They have foreign rides as well. And they've got the inventory unlike the big boys. I was just on their lot in Parker, and man, they have a lot of inventory to choose from. They're also going to get you what you want at the right price. They service all makes and models, and they really have fantastic finance options. Josh and his crew do a fantastic job at Rocky Mountain Eurosport in Denver and in Parker. Go for a test drive today or find them at rmurosport.com. Time now for The Lead. The Lead, presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, Mace, let's talk about the Broncos' defense. Been playing well as a whole as of recently, but over the last eight weeks, there has been a, I don't want to say a leak, I'd say more of a, uh, not a, not Slow a fu- drip. No, it's not a slow drip. It's not a fire hose, but it's not a slow trip. Steady stream. There you go. Okay? Because over the last eight weeks, yeah, the Broncos ranked third in points, long 15 a game, but against the run, they are struggling. They are struggling In that same eight-week span, this is how they rank against the run. 29th in yards allowed. Nearly five yards per carry for opposing backs. 27th in first down rate. 32nd in run success rate allowed. Meanwhile, I I don't want to say the Broncos are facing the most balanced offense they have faced all year, but it's right up there with Mixon and Joe Burrow. It is, and Joe Burrow throwing to Jamar Chase, throwing to T. Higgins, throwing to Boyd. It's an offense that when it's cooking, it keeps you off balance. And it's an offense that has four or five guys who can beat you. So you can focus on Burrow to chase. And that look, that's probably job one. But if you put too much on that and you sacrifice defenders in the box, they are more than happy to 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 go on some draw plays to Joe Mixon and set him free. Right. Draymond Jones did not practice for the second consecutive day. Yep. Vic Fangio said yesterday, Draymond, after coming off arguably the best game of his career, uh, Fangio says he is 50-50. This would be a big loss for the Broncos if he cannot play. And I Kenny mean, Young has a concussion is right now. Right. He's in the protocol. So, I mean, who, who's really going to fill the slack? They've already been struggling with Draymond and Kenny Young. Mm-hmm. You know, who, who are you going to put in there? Josie Jewell's not available. Uh, Alexander Johnson's not available. Brandon Browning's a rookie. I mean, who, who are you putting in there that you truly feel confident with? Well, I mean, I don't know if you feel confident, but you're going to see Jonas Griffith probably at linebacker if Kenny Young can't go, which is who we saw on Sunday. And part of that is, with all respect to Justin Stranad, who played a lot early in the season, we saw 
He's that, not great against the run. Exactly. He gets engulfed in the box. Coverage, he's solid. But he was a liability against the run, which is why when Kenny Young got hurt, there was no movement toward Stranad going back in, even though he's active for special teams purposes. They went right to Jonas Griffith. Listen. So on the defensive line then, you mentioned if they go without uh, Draymond Jones, you'd see Shamar Steffen probably moving into the starting lineup. But the guy who'd probably see his reps increase and might be kind of the X factor you have to rely on is McTelvin Najim, who has shown some flashes but still isn't consistent when he's out there, which is why he's not getting a jersey a lot of weeks. I say this with all due respect to Kenny Young, and I say this with all due respect to to Browning. Nobody expected those two guys to be starting this late in the season for the Denver Broncos. Young came over in a trade. Browning, I don't think they thought they'd be playing him really much, if at all. He was hurt the entire offseason. Really right. Wasn't available for OTAs, missed a huge chunk of training camp. Now, if he'd been healthy, maybe he's ahead of schedule a little bit. The fact that he, the fact that he is in the lineup, I mean, it's, it kind of is a testament to the desperation of the Broncos that he's in the lineup, given how much time he missed. Certainly, they've got an indication that he factors into their future plans because he has made some big plays, especially against the pass where he had he had that play on Justin Herbert, extremely athletic in the open field to basically force a three and out with a pass deflection. But against the run, that has not been his strong suit to the to this point. And we saw last week um when Craig Reynolds had you heard of Craig Reynolds from Cuts Down State before Last Sunday. I've heard of Cunstown State. John Mobley went there. Well, he's not the best player to come out of there because a guy Andre that I, Reed. A guy that I covered yep. came out of there, and that's the only reason why I know mm-hmm. that school. Yeah. That's it. Punches above its weight, doesn't it? Well, listen, most schools have guys in the in, in the NFL. Right. Most schools have guys not, not but not at the caliber not the caliber of Andre Reed. All due respect to Mobley. I mean, they have a whole they have a Hall of Famer and an, an all pro. Mobley was an All-Pro at one point, and Reed's a Hall of Famer. There aren't many Division II schools that can say we have two All-Pros, one of them in the Hall of Fame. Right. So that's what I mean when I say cuts down, punches above its weight in football. But Every 10 years. Yeah. But Craig Reynolds, practice squad guy who bounced around. Look, I will be honest here. I had not heard of Craig Reynolds before last Sunday. Either had I. Yeah. And he was running free. Seven plus yards per carry against this Broncos run defense, making people miss tackles. Talk about the guy from the Lions. Yes. Do you know what his nickname is? Craig Reynolds? Yeah. What's his nickname? Netflix. You know why? Why? Because when they called him to invite him to the team, he was on his couch watching Netflix. Ha! You know that? No, yeah, that's a cool well, story. Well, they, t- they, t- they talked about it that's on the... a cool the, story. Uh, on the broadcast? On the broadcast. Uh, and, and I actually listen to the broadcast every once in a while. Yeah, that, that's a, that's so a that's cool story. So that's his nickname. His yeah. nickname's Netflix. But yeah, he had a nice big run. So he was a, not, it, was just, it wasn't Netflix and chill. It was just Netflix. Netflix. That's yeah. his nickname, Netflix. Yeah, that's funny. I don't know what he was watching on Netflix, but Well, he if wasn't. he answered the question, he wasn't engaged in Netflix and chill. He was just watching Netflix. Right. I wonder if he was... I wonder what he was watching. I don't know. You'll have to ask him. I'll, if I ever get the chance, I will. What were you watching? Unlike Zach Taylor, maybe, maybe uh, Detroit will make him available at the next press conference, unlike Zach Taylor, who is not made available. But the point being, if Craig Reynolds and a 
patchwork offensive line for the Detroit Lions was able to at times control the pace. When the Lions were working, it was primarily on the ground. If they were able to do that, what could a mostly healthy Cincinnati offensive line, although they will be without right tackle Riley Reef. Correct. Right. Who They're also going to be missing today. the kid from Colorado, the quarterback. Wuzier, he's right. on the COVID list. Right. But if the Lions could do that, the Bengals, at least unless there's a, a further outbreak in the next couple of days, should be pretty close to full strength on the offensive side. And as as I me- as you mentioned, when Joe Mixon is above four yards per carry, that's a magic number for the Bengals. When he's below four yards a carry, they lose every game. When he's above this year, when he's above four yards a carry, they're seven and one. I've said to you before, I'm not a talent evaluator. That's the first thing that I do, furthest thing that I do. Yeah. But I remember when he came out of college, I'm thinking, man, the Broncos need to grab this guy. It was all about character. <clears throat> I know, I know it was kind of it, it. Basically, it was an offensive, a little bit of an offensive version of Micah Parsons, in terms not of not as issue. bad, not as well, not even close. No, Joe, but Joe Mixon had some really bad stuff. You saw the video of him, right? No, apparently not. Uh, hit, hit, uh, hitting hitting a woman. That's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. That's what different kinds of bad for Joe Mixon and Micah Parsons. Right. But there were major character concerns when Mixon got taken by the Bengals. I think all of us kind of that were on the draft at that moment, looked at each other and like weren't surprised. Right. That, Joe Mixon is a classic Bengals pick. The Bengals tend to throw character caution to the wind. But he stayed out of trouble. There's been, no, there's been nothing on his legs here since he became a pro. And he's a good running back. So that's where you can say, for the Bengals, from their perspective, you can't change what happened at Oklahoma, the odious stuff that he did. Right. But he hasn't gotten in trouble since he became a Bengal, and he is one of the league's best running backs. And even though Burrow and Chase get all the headlines, Joe Mixon could be the key to this game for the Cincinnati Bengals. Coming up after the break, I saw a clip on Twitter yesterday from a show on ESPN in which they were talking about who should be the NBA's MVP. And I got to tell you, Richard Jefferson, former Nugget, Richard Jefferson, Jokic's former teammate, said something in which I was absolutely beside myself. I was upset about this. And I'll tell you why. And I'll tease it this way. No, I won't tease it this way. You'll tease it another way. I was, I was really there. I'll just put it out there this way. I'm not suggesting that Richard Jefferson has a racist bone in his body, but there is some serious prejudice going on in the NBA. Serious. It is a black league, and I don't think a lot of white players are really welcome in that world especially when it comes to major awards. I'll tease it that way. That's next. Some people call me the space cowboy. Yeah. Some call me the gangster of love. 
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, if you're looking to go to the best sports bar in all of Denver, highly recommend you go to Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. They really do have it all. Everything under one roof. Of course, if you want to watch the game, they have all the sports packages for you. Every seat is a fantastic seat. They have terrific food. You like to play pool most places have one or two pool tables they have a pool hall with 15 tables live music no cover and you want to talk about the best happy hour going period two for one on wine well and drafts from three until seven every day also february 25th you and i mace we're going to be guest bartenders we're going to be doing it for charity hopefully everyone will come out and join us at greenfield's pool and sports bar in lakewood time now for the buzz the buzz is presented by rocky mountain eurosport go for a test drive today in denver or parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience or find them online at rmeurosport.com yesterday on espn zach Lowe, kendrick perkins and richard jefferson had a conversation who should be the nba's mvp Perkins and Jefferson think it's a two-man race between Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. Lowe feels differently. Tiebreaker, I guess, would be just, I guess I'd go with the standings now and vote for Steph, but they're both. I mean, how can you pick between the two of us? I will say this. It's beyond stupid that we frame this as a two-man race. Like, Nikola Jokic is averaging 26.5. Stop. 26.5 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists, 58% 58% shooting, 66% on twos. Pick whatever advanced stat you want. Pick any advanced stat you want. Stop, stop. Any advanced stat you want. Yeah, he, get leads, fired up, Zach. he leads the NBA in every single one. He's on pace for the highest play. Stop. He's on pace for the highest player efficiency rating ever. The Nuggets with Nikola Jokic on the floor, plus 14 per 100 possessions. With Nikola Jokic on the bench, minus 16. With Nikola Jokic on the floor, the Denver Nuggets are basically the best team ever. Off the floor, the worst team ever. And the only reason he's not in the MVP conversation is because the Nuggets, without everybody, are just 14 and 13. It's stupid. He belongs in the race, and so does Giannis. That's how he got the MVP last year. So what? He got the MVP last year. He can't get it again. I mean, the the advanced stats were touched on. The like he said, like his PER right now is 35, on pace to be the best ever. Nobody is within four points of him in PER. His value over replacement also in the same in the same level. Perkins it, and Jefferson yes. were essentially mocking yes. Zach Lowe. They were. They were laughing. At him, even though every metric you can find says that not only is Nikola Jokic having a great season, he's having an all-time season. This is what I find interesting about the NBA. I I don't think any reasonable person would argue it's the most progressive of all of the leagues when it comes to social causes and 
many other topics. Would you agree? Yes. With that... Although people are right to criticize, there appears to be a big hole on matters involving the People's Republic of China. Okay. Because there's a lot of money that the NBA has involved in China. With that, I want to make this very clear. I am not saying anybody is racist because I think there is a difference between being racist and having inherent bias and prejudice. I believe there is a difference, at least from my perspective. This is a African-American league, a black league, whatever you want to call it. Okay. We have seen that inherent prejudice over the years. A white director named Ron Shelton did a movie called White, white Men, Men Can't, Can't Jump. Jump. Yep. Jason Williams, white point guard out of Marshall, played with Randy Moss. His nickname was White, white Chocolate. Chocolate. Now, why did they call him White Chocolate? I'll tell you why. Because they looked at this guy and he said, man, you play like you're black. That's what they were saying. Is that an unfair statement? That's what white chocolate means. Yeah. I mean, l l let's not mince words here. He's one of us. He's flashy. He does great passing. Inherent bias. And then, to top it all off, Isaiah Thomas famously said about Larry Bird, if Larry Bird was black, he'd just be another good guy in the NBA. There is a history of this. Let's make it very clear. And I just spelled it out with, to you with three concrete examples of something a player said, something that was given as a nickname, and a movie where white men can't jump, or you might as well say white men really can't play basketball. It's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. With that, for Richard Jefferson to say he's already won the MVP, he might as well just come out and say, we already gave it to the white guy. He already got it. Now let's move on to guys who can really play. Because you and I talked about this during the NBA Finals, where the Phoenix Suns had their road paved for them to the NBA Finals because of injuries to the Lakers and to the Nuggets and so on and so forth. Nothing was paved for Nikola Jokic. He legitimately had an MVP-type season. And he is having, by all metrics, generally speaking, a better season than he did last year. I am not a white supremacist. I am not suggesting anybody is racist. But if you believe there is not an inherent bias or prejudice, then you are living under a rock because there is. You have two black men sitting up there saying, laughing at Zach Lowe, saying, no, look at Steph Curry. Steph Curry's having a really nice season, right? This isn't a lifetime achievement award because he has the most three-pointers of all time. He is the greatest shooter to ever play this game. I won't debate that at all. Not one bit, but to laugh at somebody saying that Jokic is having a better season than Steph Curry, I got news for you. He is. Yeah. 
He is. His shooting percentage is far higher. And quite frankly, when it comes to three-point percentage, Jokic really isn't that far behind Steph Curry either in terms of three-point shooting percentage. Jokic is about to become, if his numbers continue, the first player in NBA history to score 26 points, 13 rebounds, and seven assists a game. No one has ever done it. Nobody white, nobody black. But it's irrelevant because Jokic is a big, goofy white guy who doesn't look like he should be playing basketball. And if they came out with a sequel for White Men Can't Jump, they see Jokic as the guy who should be starring in it. You know one of the reasons why I lean on numbers probably, maybe, maybe more than some people think I should? Numbers are completely colorblind. Because it is all about performance. It's all, it is, it is all objective. Let me ask. And objectively, not only is Nicole Jokic the best player in the game this year, it's not, again, it's not close. Let me ask you something. Close. In the last 40 years, off the top of your head, who had the not the best player, not the most talented, not the best shooter, mm-hmm. not the best all-around player, who is widely regarded to have the highest basketball IQ in basketball over the last 40 years? I think you'd have to, I, I would say it comes down to Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> now. And that was part of the fun of their rivalry. Not only did it start in, that, in the 79 championship, Right. But because they, the two of them, when they went against each other, it was as much a mental battle Correct. as a physical battle. Right. That's now, why it was great. Now, are you suggesting, am I suggesting, Larry Bird, because he's white, is the smartest player over the last 40 years? No, I'm not suggesting that because he's white. But I will say this, for as progressive as the NBA is, and the NFL is not, Wow, look how far the NFL has come. Black players can't play quarterback. Now look at all the best quarterbacks. Generally speaking, in the NFL, they're all black. And I think that is fantastic. How many great quarterbacks were we robbed of because of the biases that's right but the nfl has gotten over it and guys like richard jefferson and kendrick perkins have not so they maybe they are not as progressive as we think they are they're not because white men can't jump and Jokic already got his little award now let's move on to guys who can really play like Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. Or maybe if Jokic was black, he would just be another good player. It's infuriating to me. I'm not saying this about Jokic because he's white. I'm saying this about Jokic because he's a phenomenal player. I saw a list a couple of days ago of one website, listed the top five guys who should be considered for the MVP. Jokic wasn't even on the list. Why? Why? Now There's no good reason. Now, you could also make the case, and I don't know the demographic of sports writers. I don't know how many are black, how many are white. Those are the guys that vote on the MVP, not the players. The writers do. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, How do I put this? 
I'm not going to say it. I'm just not going to even go there. But I Nicole think- Jokic is still fighting the fact that he doesn't uh, because, I, and I think it's not just a, a skin color thing. I think it's also a build thing. I think Nicole Jokic fight every day in terms of perception fights the fact that he was perceived as out of shape. Give me a guy in the NBA outside of LeBron James who has a higher basketball IQ than Nikola Jokic. There are very few. You know, it's funny. I wouldn't say that anybody has a higher basketball IQ. See, when we talk about race, you know, we refer to black men as athletic we refer to white guys as high IQ. That's just the world that we live in, and it is unfortunate, and it is not but true. high IQ is about kind of anticip- about knowing how everything around you works and anticipating. And that's why I th- when I said Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, Magic Johnson was an extraordinarily high IQ player when he, he played. He was. He, and high IQ. See the whole floor. High IQ means you're a step ahead of everybody else. Right. Dirk, Nov- Dirk Nowitzki was a step ahead. Um, Steph Curry is a high IQ basketball player. Uh, he, I think he's a, a high IQ. Shoot, a great shooter. He's a great shooter. No, no, he's a great but shooter. He's a step ahead of everybody else on the you, you, court. You know who he else? anticipates. You know who else got jammed up by being white? Steve, Steve Nash. Nash. Two-time MVP. Two-time MVP. Oh, my God. We gave it to him? He's back not to that. Back. He's back to back. Thank you, Danny. Back to back years. He, yes. No, but but wait a minute. He already won it. He already won it. And he's not athletic. Look at that slow white guy out there. Mm-hmm. This is not a racist thing. It's an inherent bias because of how we have been raised. Because what we have seen, you could easily make the case that 10 greatest basketball players of all time are black. I would not argue with that one bit. But to say that Jokic shouldn't be considered or shouldn't be considered in the top two because he's already won it, that is being prejudiced. That's not being racist. He already got it. He already got his because a bunch of guys were injured. We already gave it to the guy. We already gave it to him. He doesn't deserve it again. He's the best player in the NBA right now. And I never thought I would say that in a league that still has LeBron James. Well, and LeBron, with all respect to LeBron, is even the second best player because Giannis is the second best player. That's right. And by the way, he's been back-to-back MVP. Which actually, if Jokic is MVP again, that's another story. Four consecutive MVPs would have come from outside of the United States. Coming up, changing. Yep, coming up after the break, which Broncos, each side of the ball, need to play to his potential for the Broncos to beat the Bengals on Sunday. Outside of Teddy Bridgewater. We'll talk about it next. Not to look into the eyes of the sun, but mama, that's where the fun is. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. 
Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale alarm to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Impact Real Estate. Impact Real Estate is creative real estate and solutions with the greatest impact. Go to ImpactCommercial.co. Okay, let's narrow it down to two guys one guy each side of the ball which guy needs to play to his absolute potential outside of teddy bridgewater the quarterback position for the broncos to beat the Bengals. you want to start on offense or defense start on defense go ahead bradley shove no question that's where i was going to go as well this guy needs to finally show something he's been back for about four weeks we have seen very little he I, i'm going to use this term the Broncos have two game wreckers, two potential game wreckers on their roster on each side of the ball. And both those guys have to be game wreckers. And on the defensive side, it's Bradley Chubb. Love me some Justin Simmons. Listen, Bryce Callahan's going to play. I'm talking about guys who can completely wreck your game plan. And Bradley Chubb is the guy on defense. Bradley Chubb, this season, four games played, so obviously limited sample size. He's only hit a, the core opposing quarterback once. Going back to last year, seven consecutive games without a sack. And I think uh, just as uh, damning is uh, in those seven games, only one tackle for a loss in that span. He's setting the edge, but he's not getting the quarterback, and he's not making plays. So the thing for Bradley Chubb is, a big game for him, especially if Joe Mixon is is effective and the Bengals are emphasizing the run game. It may not have a sack, but he has to have some impactful plays, whether we're talking about pressure and hitting Joe Burrow as he throws to force Merritt throws or making sure that Joe Mixon doesn't go off because especially if they play without Draymond Jones on the interior and they play without Kenny Young, who's in the concussion protocol, at linebacker, and they have to play Jonas Griffith, they're going to need Bradley Chubb to pick up some of the slack. Bradley Chubb needs to look like the number five overall pick on Sunday. Offense. Well, beyond Teddy Bridgewater, obviously. Um, There's only one choice. I think me. there are more than one. There's more than one I, I'm sure I know you believe there's more than one choice, and I'm not going to overly debate who you pick, but there's one guy. Is it a receiver? Yes. Who? It's Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy can be a game wrecker once he catches the ball. Mm-hmm. He has the speed to catch the ball over the middle. He has the moves to get separation. He has the ability to go deep. He can literally trash your game plan. And you know how many times you've seen it this season? Almost none. See, there's a good case be made for Jerry Judy, but at the same time... He is the most physically gifted yes. guy they have on offense, and yes. that's why it's him Well, and his route running. He is important, but part of this is going to revolve around making sure that the best defensive player on Cincinnati, Trey Hendrickson, doesn't make plays. Trey Hendrickson has at least one sack yep. in nine consecutive games. Right. And that's why Garrett Bowles needs to have his best game of the season on Sunday. But you can help him out. You can chip. Yep. And you you can you can give him some help, but you also gave the contract you gave to Garrett Bowles. For games to like be this. able to win 
a matchup like this one that he's going to face on Sunday. I agree. I think that you're not wrong with Jerry Judy. And you're not wrong with Garrett Bowles. Right. They're one in one A. But if they're but and also then kind of you go beyond this and you get to the the cluster of pass rushers that the Raiders have in week 16. You're going to see Joey Bosa in week 17. You're going to see Melvin Ingram in week 18. It's not just for this game. Garrett Bowles needs to play well the rest of the way. The good part for the Broncos is he's played well in recent weeks. Right. So he's coming in on a hot streak. And Jerry Judy, he is, since he came back, he's leading Broncos wide receivers in catches and yards. That being said, Teddy Bridgewater does need to set up Jerry Judy a little bit more, get the ball out in front of him so he can do something after the catch and make explosive plays. So a little bit of it is on Bridgewater, too. What do we have coming up on Masterpiece Roofing, just in case you missed it? Isaiah Thomas is back in the NBA on a 10-day contract after a very brief stint with uh, Nuggets G League affiliate the Grand Rapids Gold. And the NFL has some new international marketing initiatives that uh, certain teams are going to be getting involved with. We'll get into that on the other side right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back, Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Don't buy retail, buy wholesale at Rocky Mountain Forest Products. We have some breaking news. Yes, we do. Avalanche, of course, uh, playing, uh, play, playing tonight against the National Predators. Starting uh, puck drop here just in a few minutes. Powell Francis will start in goal for the Avs tonight because Darcy Kemper has entered the NHL's COVID protocol. And, of course, Andre Burakovsky, JT Comfort, already in the COVID protocol. Also, news about a former Bronco, Vaughn Miller. He's in the COVID protocol. He's on the COVID list for the Rams as well right now. Time now for the final word. The final word. Is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. By the way, if you forgot, this is the second time that Von Miller has gotten COVID. Right. He and got don't forget, very sick. And don't forget, yeah. he has asthma as well. And remember, when he got it back, it got it very early, back in March of 2020, and he was very sick for a while with the asthma exacerbating right his covid as well so, so hopefully he'll be okay presumably hopefully everyone will be okay by, by all accounts of uh, vaccinated yeah. so hopefully that will help him uh, get through on this time now for just in case you missed it just in case you missed it is presented by masterpiece roofing find out how masterpiece can get your insurance company to pay for your roof call 720-242-6404 or go to masterpieceroofing.com today 
Just in case you missed it, Isaiah Thomas signing a 10-day contract with the Los Angeles Lakers after scoring 42 points in his G League debut with Nuggets affiliate the Grand Rapids Gold. Russell Westbrook and Avery Bradley are in the protocol for LA. The Nuggets had him connected to the organization. Did they miss an opportunity to put him on the NBA roster once again as he was with them uh, in recent years for a little bit? No, I'll tell you why. I know that he was liked by his teammates and they saw him as a leader type figure. But the truth is the Nuggets signed him and gave him an opportunity to get back into the league because, you know, he was really good before that. But then he got injured. To me, he was a selfish player on the floor. He was trying to get his, get his points so he could get his contract. And I think, I think he took away from the team concept of what the Nuggets were trying to be when he was on the floor. He, I, I, one guy's opinion, I think he was trying to get his so he can get another contract. Yeah, I mean, it's funny to reflect on Isaiah Thomas as a Nugget. He only played 12 games here. Right. Seems like he played more than that. Seemed like he was in the conversation longer. But only 12 games, 8.1 a night. And uh, in the end, very nondescript. Just in case you missed it, in efforts to continue to expand the league's global reach, the NFL awarded international marketing rights to 18 teams and for eight countries. The Broncos, given access for marketing, fan engagement, and initiatives to build the fan base in Mexico. And then there were two teams that had three countries that were granted uh, to them by the league. The Dolphins in Brazil, Spain, and the United Kingdom. The Rams in Australia, China, and Mexico. Maybe I'm missing something with the business part of it here, but why not just allow all the teams to engage with whatever countries they want? That's a good point. But then again, they don't want there to be a feeding frenzy. I mean, what teams are... Uh, there are a couple teams that were given Germany. Really? Germany? Don't, don't tell me about the Berlin Rhine or whatever team there was for USFL Europe. Come on. The Rhine Fire, the Berlin Thunder, yeah, the, the Cologne Centurions, the Frankfurt Galaxy... The Hamburg Sea Devils, those teams. Look, the reason why they're doing this is because if they didn't say, okay, these country, what they're saying is that these teams can market to these countries like it's their home market, right? So the Broncos can market to Mexico as though it's Colorado, Wyoming, northern New Mexico, Utah. They can market to it like they market to their home territory. If they just said willy-nilly, you can do this anywhere, then you have teams that have bigger budgets, like the Cowboys, for example, uh, like the Rams in terms of their big marketing budget. They would just say, well, we're going to push our brand everywhere. This was designed to at least have some form of parity, although you do see, like you mentioned, the Rams. The Rams have three countries. They have Mexico, Australia, and they have and they have China. The San Francisco 49ers have both Mexico and and the United Kingdom. You mentioned the Dolphins, Mexico, Spain, and the United Kingdom. And then there are some teams like the Los Angeles Chargers who chose not to do anything on this. Because they can't find fans even in their own town. Yeah. I mean, I t actually, I was a little disappointed. They the should go back to San Diego. Yeah. They can't find fans there either. I was a little disappointed the Broncos. Wouldn't it be, funny, yeah, wouldn't it be funny if the Chargers were assigned San Diego? Yeah, it'd be hilarious. <laughs> I, I was a little disappointed the Broncos didn't push for another country where they could kind of establish a beachhead. Like, there, there's no reason to. You know why? Because there's a very high Mexican population in Denver. No, but I'm saying like beyond Mexico that some other teams had two countries. I'm surprised the Broncos didn't push for either Canada, where they have the Bolin family is from, or 
a country that actually isn't represented on here yet, but the NFL I know has some interest in playing games there, and that's Ireland. I do see the uh, Broncos Ireland guy on Twitter all the time. Yes. He's been out to a few games this year. Yeah, the, the, the Broncos do have a do have a following over there. I'm, I that would have to me if they had to go somewhere in Europe. I think Ireland might have made some sense. I, I would I would have picked Madagascar because I used to play Risk a lot as a kid, and that's the only reason why I know there is a Madagascar, not because of the movie, but because of the game Risk. And that was a that was a country I always wanted. Madagascar. Madagascar. Why? I don't know. I played a lot of Risk as a kid. I loved playing it, and that's how I know what Madagascar is off the uh, east coast of uh, Af- or, uh, off the east coast of Africa. Yeah, I think there's a lot of vanilla there, if I'm not mistaken. I did not know that. Just in case you missed it, Las Vegas's Allegiant Stadium will be the uh, site of Super Bowl 58 in 2024. It was going to be held in. Uh, New Orleans, but it overlaps with Mardi Gras, and they thought that was a little too much. The NFL did, so Vegas it is, and Vegas has a lot going on too, but because there's so much going on there, is it the best host city for all the events that are kind of parallel to the Super Bowl during that week? I'm just worried it's going to conflict with the Donny Osmond concert. We need a rim shot right there. It's too late now. But on bumps. Thank you. Yeah, uh, try try the uh, try the crab. You'll I wonder be, if Celine I would Dion say, is going to be. I would upset. say you'll be here all week, but you're not going to be here tomorrow. No, I yes, will, I will not be here tomorrow. Yeah, v- I'll Vegas, be on yeah. assignment. <laughs> yeah, what you don't like that term? I think it's charming. Well, I think it's I'm a nice not on assignment. I'm not working. I like I'm, golf. I, I think it's a nice tribute to Irv Brown. Whenever you say that, it is. Why? Yeah, that was his term. Whenever when. You know, co-host was out. Somebody was out. He'd say I they were pro- on assignment. I can promise you, I love Irv, and I, I know Irv. I knew Irv. I like very, to have. I well. like to have a little tribute to him every now and again. Irv did not coin that phrase. That phrase he didn't has coin been around it, for decades. He can coin it, but he used it. He made it his own in this market. That was his thing. And letting you know where everybody went to high school, which I loved. That was cool. Just in case you missed it, the Future Legends Complex, a premier sports and events destination opening in Windsor, Colorado in 2022, has hotels bordering the first base and right field areas of one of the baseball fields on site. Uh, Does this seem like maybe poor planning uh, and bad design, or do you think the placement makes for an interesting viewing experience option and helps maximize the space available? It's kind of like Wrigley Field. Where, you know, in the outfield, you had flats, buildings, people go on the rooftop and watch the game. I think it's kind of cool. I think part of it, though, is being in the line of fire of foul balls. That so was my thinking. So yeah. you really have to make sure you've got some, some, some very strong windows. As they said in the movie mm-hmm. Airplane, they knew what they were getting themselves into. I say, let them crash. That was Masterpiece Roofing, just in case you missed it. Uh, if you have any hail damage, if you need a new roof, you need to go with Masterpiece Roofing. They really specialize going after insurance companies. A buddy of mine, he thought he was going to pay over $30,000 for his roof and the rest of his house. Masterpiece Roofing came in, 
My buddy paid 500 bucks. That was his deductible. His insurance company paid the rest. Go with the company that was recently voted Denver's best roofing company, Masterpiece Roofing. Go to MasterpieceRoofing.com. Nolan and Danny, great job today. Mace, you're going to be in with Arn Anderson. Yes. Uh, he's with Fox 31 now, so he'll be sitting in tomorrow. I will uh, talk to you on Monday. Make it the best possible weekend you can for me to you. As for you. Make it the best possible day. There you go.